Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle. This is part two of my recent interview with Dr. Fred Haney, the award-winning author of My Doggy Says. We had such a great time talking about dogs, dog behavior, discovering the action messages that dogs share with us, how to interpret them, the different ways dogs communicate with people, and I got to ask him a lot of questions about his wonderful dogs and about how he came to write his award-winning book, My Doggy Says. The interview was an hour long, so we split the recording into two parts, and this is part two. Enjoy. I, I guess maybe the point is that uh, it it does take uh, a lot of time to become sensitive to these things. And I, I, I uh, when you were on my show, we talked a little about the relationship between what I the kind of communication I'm talking about and the kind of communication you deal with. I mean, I I'm simply interpreting uh, visible signs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I see my dog's behavior, and I'm, I, I'm guessing that there's a message being sent, and I'm trying to figure out, uh, well, what could the message be? And, mm-hmm. and you, you use all the clues at your disposal. I mean, you, you know it's a dog. You know it has great sense of smell. You, you, mm-hmm. you know to try and uh, sometimes the direction its eyes are pointed uh, tells you something. Sometimes the body language, its ears, mm-hmm. its tail, those kind of things tell you something. Yeah. Although I'm not really into ears and tails as much as I am to behavior and you know yeah. why did my dog do that what where your communication uh it, it, you're uh tuning into the invisible uh and uh, reading uh, more at the level of uh mind to mind kind of communication right. i think an essential essential ingredient to both of them and i don't know if uh uh, the the kind of communication I'm talking about w- it would be good training for what you do or not. But in both cases, we're talking about trying to develop our intuition uh, and and uh, open ourselves to the messages and mm-hmm. and uh, be uh, uh, much more sensitive to the notion that our dogs really are communicating with us, and uh, it's just our job to open ourselves up and get the message. Right, right. Well, I've often said that learning to listen makes makes us more intuitive. You know, what you did is you learned to listen to the visible signs, the body language, you know, which is a large part of communication. You know, communication is a big, big thing. You know, it, it includes body language. It includes um, energy, transference, emotions, you know, thoughts, concepts, that kind of thing, um, imagery, <clears throat> impressions, you know, um, and it also um, includes um, the way that we send information back and forth, how we share that with each other. So, you know, you're paying attention to the visible signs, and I think that's so important. They are, you know, often our animals, uh, what, what so many of them have told me is that they think that we humans are so incredibly dense. Um, because we don't pay attention. We're not watching and observing and witnessing. We're not, you know, we don't have our thinking cap on. Um, and if we're not also connected to them um, energetically, you know, by feeling their feelings, feeling our own feelings, um, you know, learning how to hear their thoughts or uh, receive those kinds of messages, then we're we're missing a huge part of the, the total communication, right? Yeah, so, so much of our... Uh Training <clears throat> involves human to dog <clears throat> communication. You know, it's yeah. directed. Mm-hmm. It's commands. It, it's right. Obey me. 
Uh, and uh, yeah. sort of turning it the other way around, uh, it's not always easy, but it's a puzzle. I got one that I'm still uh, kind of struggling with, uh, uh, one of Callie's behaviors. And I suspect it means different things at different times. Mm-hmm. But um, when Callie was uh, a little over a year old, we were on our morning walk, and we have a friend who has two lovely golden retrievers, uh, and Callie just loved both of them. And mm-hmm. we stopped on our morning walk one day, there was only one of the golden retrievers. And the story was that uh, the, the other one had got loose, had run out in front of a car oh. up in Malibu. It had been killed by the car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, the owner t- told, told me this story. Well, when we got home from our run that day, I was in my office working, and Callie came in and uh, sat down beside me and kind of looked up at me. And she started making a noise that I can only describe as as uh, snorting. Mm. Um, you know, it wasn't barking, it wasn't a wolf, it wasn't a growl. Some people have heard it and, and thought maybe it was a growl, but I wouldn't call it a growl. It's just more of a snorting sound, and I'm not going to try and duplicate it. <laughs> but, but uh, and, and she just kind of went on doing that. And I, I connected it with uh, the disappearance of the other golden retriever. And it was almost like Callie wanted to have a voice, you know, like she wished she could talk this over with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't know that uh, uh, that's exactly what was going on. Maybe that's me uh, anthropomorphizing a little bit and sort of reading in too much. Um, but that snorting behavior happens a lot. Now, almost every morning uh, we have a little ritual. Uh, we don't let Callie sleep in our bed, and uh, that, that's had some good benefit. That was at the advice of a trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, other, other dogs we have let sleep on the bed, but uh, mm-hmm. this was kind of a part of a program to help Callie calm down around our two young granddaughters. Oh, very uh, and good. it was very effective. It, it, mm-hmm. it really helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every morning, as soon as uh, the alarm goes off and uh, people start to wake up. Uh, Callie walks around to my side of the bed and uh, sits down close to me uh, and starts this snorting routine. <laughs> and now that snort, I know what that means. That <laughs> snort means please scratch my chest and don't stop for about five minutes. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the, this snorting thing comes up in other contexts, and mm-hmm. sometimes I think I understand what it means, and sometimes I don't. So yeah. th- that may be kind of a lifelong journey to uh, uh, for me to try and decode what uh, Callie's snorting means in, in different situations. Yeah, yeah. I I think they can use the same. I mean, they're they're sort of limited on how many actual noises they can make, right? <laughs> So um, we always have to listen to our heart and just receive what that message might be in the moment. It's certainly a way to express itself, absolutely. And I know that with other animals I've worked with who, you know, who had friends or knew about, you know, a friend that got hit by a car or somebody that died or, you know, something like that, you know, they do want to talk about that. They grieve. They have questions. They're seeking closure. They... That they may even have messages for us, you know, from um, in in the case with the the other goldens um, and the one that died. Uh, my impression is is that Kelly, you got the message exactly right. She did want to talk about it. I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I that. Yeah. Did you take a moment to actually just talk with her about it? Oh yeah. 
Uh, yeah, oh, good. Oh, we, good. We, we took about 10 minutes and talked about it. That was my assumption was that that was uh, what, what we were doing. Yeah, there and, you go. Uh, and, and she just sat here and appreciated it. Another thing okay. that I struggle with sometimes, and you, you may uh, have a solution to this, Val, but uh, I, I find myself really wishing sometimes that I could explain things to Callie. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, for I guess the most obvious one is, how do you explain to a three-year-old golden retriever, hey, it's dark outside and it's raining really hard and we're <laughs> not going to play soccer right now? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, image for yourself, image being out there in the soaking wet, um, the rain coming down, sodden ground, wet ball, and how would it make you feel to be actually out there um, trying to play soccer with her in the weather? So do you have a sense of that? Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I think that's a good answer. Yeah. And, it, and, and it's a new answer to me. I mean, I, okay. I, I haven't uh, approached it that way, but I think that's okay. a great idea to, to form that image and sort of mm-hmm. feel the experience uh, f- from inside. Yeah. Uh, that's probably exactly the kind of message that that Callie would receive. Right. Um, And I think if you did that, you might discover that she doesn't care that it's wet. (laughs) Oh, I think that's true. It's it's Uh, a little bit like the the, the, uh, man who is blind and says, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. could we play golf at 2 o'clock in the morning? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Callie would probably love it. Uh, Absolutely. Um, so the other thing I would follow up with is that it's not interesting to you. You don't want to right now. And then I would redirect her. I would say, I would rather, you know, it's, it, you're in a friendship, right? You're in a relationship, and somebody comes up and says, hey, let's go climb Mount Everest. And you say, oh, I don't think so. How about we go do something else instead? You know, um, so there's this give and take uh, that can be there. Now that we have done. And Good. My, my, yeah, that would be We, we had a lot of rain over the last couple of weeks, and my, uh-huh. my redirect was is uh, uh, a little toy called a chucket. It, it's a uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of a frisbee with four legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's meant to be look like a flying squirrel. Uh huh. Oh. Uh huh. That's something that uh, Callie and I can work at just indoors. So we've uh, moved the furniture around a little bit in our living room and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, play chucket and. Uh, it, it doesn't take long to get her to uh, forget about the soccer and get into. Yeah, well, you know what? Part of what she's asking is to play, yeah. be active. You know, connect with me. Pay attention. Um, pay attention to me. Let's do something together. Active. You know that that gets the juices up. You know, um, what other dog games do you like to play? We talked about um, other unusual dog games. Do you, uh, can you think of any others? Well, w- one. Uh little discussion that I often have with guests on my show is, uh, is it a good idea or not a good idea to play tug-of-war with your dog? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the, uh, the the alpha, all alpha, all the time, people uh, feel that playing tug-of-war is a real mistake. Uh, the dog can become too aggressive. And I think there's some truth to that. The, the dog can, uh, it can make your dog aggressive. Um, but uh, some of the people who are more uh, leaning toward d- dog bonding and relationship building uh, mm-hmm. think it's perfectly all right, maybe with the caveat that you, you, that the human should initiate the play and end the play and uh, n- not let it get uh, too aggressive. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do do that with Callie sometimes, not not with a rope necessarily, but with different of her toys. But the other thing that I really like to do uh, is often Callie will come to me and present a toy, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm, I'm never quite sure what I'm supposed to do with it. So uh, what I usually do is just gently put my hands on the toy okay. and try to figure out what she wants me to do. Sometimes okay. she'll uh, give. You know, she'll just let go of it with her mouth, and she obviously is presenting it to me, and she wants me to take it. Um, other times, she'll kind of hang on. But if I let go, she'll push it at me again. Mm-hmm. So the message I'm getting is that the game she wants to play is, let's just both hold this for a few minutes. <laughs> okay. And I, I, I think she likes that. I mean, it, well, it, yeah. Because we, we, so we'll just sit here for two or three minutes. Uh, she's brought me a big stuffed goose or something like that. Goosey mm-hmm. uh, Woosey is one of her favorite toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'll put my hands on Goosey Woosey, and we just sit here and hold Goosey Woosey together for a little while. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. kind of stupid, but it's a, I, I, I think it's uh, <laughs> uh, exactly the game that Callie wants to play. Well, I love that game, the Goosey Woosey. Uh, let's share it together. Well, you know that makes sense to me. Yeah, I know you've seen um, other dogs that are sharing a toy, like a tug-of-war thing or a long stick or, you know, something like that, and they will carry it around together. You know, there's a partnership bonding experience of sharing a prized possession, right, or a, a resource or something like that that I think they get off to. That And that, that makes a lot of sense to me. That could be it completely. Um, I guess another... Uh, <laughs> You know, you ask about games. Another thing that I've tried to do with both Jamie and Callie, and it was uh, an important part of my book, the My Doggy Says book. Uh, uh, Jamie just loved to uh, swim in Lake Arrowhead and and, uh, retrieve a little cloth floating uh, frisbee. Uh, Fred, you're cutting out just a little bit. And uh, let's see, my boom got away a little here. Is that better? Yeah. And uh, uh, so Jamie just loved to uh, retrieve her Frisbee at Lake Arrowhead. And there was a whole pattern of behavior uh, built around that. It started when I would take my green backpack out of the closet at home because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she knew that that meant we were going to go to our uh, down to the lake, down to our boat dock, that she was going to mm-hmm. be able to get her Frisbee and jump uh, into the lake and retrieve her Frisbee. Mm-hmm. And we worked really hard at uh, giving her that opportunity as much as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. Kelly's the same way. Kelly uh, doesn't cue on the, the backpack in the same way that Jamie does. But when we head down to the lake, she knows exactly where to go. She knows mm-hmm. how to get from the, the street down some steps and across a path to our uh, boat dock. Uh, there are two... Uh, dock boxes on the boat dock, and she knows which one her Frisbee's in. Mm-hmm. She knows which end of the dock box her Frisbee's in. Mm-hmm. And she gets just really excited, and, and uh, uh, w- so we'll, we'll throw the Frisbee. She, she runs down the pier of the boat dock and dives into the lake, chases the Frisbee, grabs it, runs back to shore with it, picks it up, uh, r- runs back out on the dock, drops it right in the right place for me to throw it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she would do that all day long, and I, I know she just loves to do it, and we, we work hard at arranging our lives so uh, 
she has a chance to do that as often as possible because we, we know how much she enjoys it. Jamie got to a place where um, she she did really didn't want to stop. I mean, really, really didn't want to stop. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we did anything like close one of the gates uh, so that she couldn't get back out on the boat dock, Mm-hmm. She would pick her frisbee up, run back to shore, and run over to the neighbor's boat dock with it, <laughs> and jump back in the lake. Uh, so we had to get really sneaky about mm-hmm. uh, how to uh, uh, shut off the play uh, mm-hmm. when we thought she'd had enough and uh, needed to rest. <laughs> Dogs are awful smart. They are extremely smart. They're, uh, uh, that's another debate I've had. I've had Stanley Corrin on my program. Stanley's mm-hmm. written... Uh, a lot of books about dogs and a lot about the intelligence of dogs. And yeah. His research says that uh, dogs uh, have the intelligence of about a two-and-a-half-year-old child <laughs> uh, and maybe the social skill of a teenager or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, I struggle with that a little bit. I, I sort of understand where he's coming from, but, boy, I, I see dogs – Maybe it's not intelligence in the same way we measure intelligence, uh, but I, I, I see dogs do some awful clever things that go way beyond what I think a two-and-a-half-year-old kid would do. Oh, you know it. Um, I, you know, I've met wise ones um, disguised as dogs um, that have rivaled any master teaching that I've ever heard from any any source. Um, so there's a whole range. I've also met dogs who have been autistic, <laughs> um, who've been, you know, a few sandwiches short of a picnic. You know, they just, like the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. You know, uh, so uh, fortunately on those dogs, have been able to work with them, and we've gotten them to, you know, to start clicking again, get their mind working better. Um, but it's it's the whole range, just like with us humans, Fred, you know, I mean, <laughs> you can meet an older person who's still childlike, or you can meet a child that actually has some sort of, um, you know, wisdom or something profound, you know, or that really touches your heart. Um, so, I, I agree with you. I'm on your side there. <clears throat> I think we let's open the lines for questions at this point, and uh, see if anybody has anything they want to say. I did get a question from Judy. Um, that let's take first, and then let's just see what else uh, anybody else has anything else. Uh, Judy said, um, if your apple, yeah, <clears throat> if you are able to actually talk to your animal and know that they're thinking, and are often highly intelligent beings, doesn't that make trick training or frankly any other kind of training to be on the level of talking down to them? She said, why don't, why wouldn't you just say push the door shut and show them how it's done? Or go sit in the box and send them a middle picture of them sitting in the box. Do you have any thoughts about that one? Well, it's a great question. I I, I do understand the question. It it does uh, seem like um, I, I guess you could make the case if you think you've got uh, Einstein, uh, and, and I don't mean your Einstein, but <laughs> I, I mean Herr Professor Einstein. Okay. Uh, as, as a pet, then uh, sort of teaching it to do a weave through your legs in order to chase a puppy tree it seems <laughs> demeaning somehow, doesn't it? Uh, and, and maybe the, part of the answer is that you have to adjust the training to the, uh, to the mentality of the dog. Yes. I, I do think that uh, t- teaching uh, 
tricks can be a, a part of that relationship building. I mean, it's kind of fun to work on things like that with your dog. Yeah, yeah. Tricks to me, by the way, they're games. That's all they are. They're games. Yeah, play. Yeah, they're they're a way to play together. And by the way, your dog teaches you tricks all the time too, right? Your dog teaches you to give them treats. Oh. <laughs> uh, Cal- Callie's l- learned that if she uh, comes into the kitchen, uh, mm-hmm. and th- there are usually a few tennis balls lying around on the floor. Uh, she'll pick up a tennis ball and throw it down, you know, really bonk it down on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and she's got us trained to give her a little piece of puppy treat every time she does that. Yeah, exactly. And, she and thinks now, that's a great trick. Well, <laughs> and now what's happened is that um, she's trained Maggie to do that. <laughs> so so Maggie, my, my daughter's uh, golden retriever, who's only uh-huh. a year old, has picked up on this and, and – she can throw the ball down twice as fast as Callie can. So. I bet she can. She's still going to pay off like a slot machine. and you know. So I think I, I want to say that I don't think tricks are demeaning at all. If we're being and have the attitude of being demeaning to an animal or to another person, then that's what comes across, and that really sort of spoils the game. Um, also want to uh, just throw this out here, too, before we go on, Fred. Um Animal communication, when you're connecting telepathically, and so, yes, you can image for them or share with them the concept of shutting the door or sit in the box or whatever it is, the mental picture. Um, That's the secret behind good dog training. But you still have to go through the training. You still have to show them the right cues and signals and give them the right rewards for it. You know, and you still have to listen to them and see if it's a game they actually want to play, you know, if they get, you know, that it's fun for them. And if it's not fun for them, then why are we doing it, right? We have to examine that. So um, that that's what I wanted to throw out. Do you have any other thoughts on that one? I'd, I'd love to hear from Judy if she thinks we answered her question. I, <laughs> okay. I'm, 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 Let me, I'm not sure we did. I'm going to open the lines here. Okay, we should have open lines now. If anyone wants to ask a question or if Judy um, is on the show with us, if you'd like to respond to that, uh, we'd love to hear you. Remember that if you did star six to mute yourself out, we won't be able to hear you. Just do star six again, and we should be able to. So anybody have any questions or comments? Just say your first name, and then uh, let me acknowledge you first. Hi, this is Meryl. Can you hear me? Hi, Meryl. Yes. Okay. I have uh, two dogs, um, and my older dog, one one of my dogs passed uh, in October 2008. Okay. And um, the I still have the other older dog. She's now 14, and bless her heart, she said she wasn't going to go anywhere. Okay. Um, but now she's starting to really show her age, and her back legs aren't working, and she seems depressed. And I'm not sure. I try to communicate with her. I really do try to zone in and listen mm-hmm. to see how she's feeling, but I really can't tell. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's any kind of hint you can give me. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I think to myself, well, I just don't have the gift for this kind of communication. Mm-hmm. She's always been such a curmudgeon that I can't really tell the difference. <laughs> she's a very lucky dog because if anybody else adopted her, they would have either thrown her out of the house or given okay. her back to yeah. the Sure, Animal League. She's a she's a very um, curmudgeonly dog, and okay. she bites. She's always ah. bitten a lot. Okay. In the house, outside, she's very polite. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Um, I just don't know if she's miserable and, and you know, wants to go, or if this is just, right. just she's the Oscar the Grouch of dogs, and this is just how she's feeling. Yeah, you know, until until I talked to her or, you know, or worked with her directly, I wouldn't know how to answer that for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I'm you can... if there's any tip you can give me to zone in on her a little better. I sat with right. her yesterday for a good 20 okay. minutes, just sitting okay. and, you know, petting her and thinking, okay. imaging with her, but I didn't get anything back but a blank stare. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know, we don't know for sure that you didn't get it back. What we know is that you're not sure or you're not consciously aware of what you did get back. Fred, right, I'm any- sure I got it back and just didn't know it. You're right. Yeah. Fred, do you I'm, have anything to say? Uh, Meryl, does, does your dog have a lot of toys to play with, and how does it uh, react with its toys? She doesn't play any. She never was much of a player. Um, and now that she's older, you know, her teeth are older in great shape. She's really not much of a chewer. Um, she's basically, like I said, She's, she's got a reputation in the family and among friends as a real curmudgeon. She's not, she's like Eeyore, you know, mm-hmm. and never really smiles. So yeah. she doesn't do anything. She's never really been um, that kind of a dog, a playful dog. Um, she was the alpha female with my other dog and bullied her mercilessly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now, as I said, now she's not feeling well. And I, you know, as, as, as Val pointed out, you're absolutely right. I'm sure she gave me the message. And unfortunately, I couldn't pick up on it. Yeah. How is she around good with, other dogs? Good with people. <laughs> uh, hold on, Fred, go ahead. How is she around other dogs? Well, she's um, not hasn't been around other dogs much lately, but she's because of her back legs, I have a very hard time getting her out, so we can't go too far. Um, so she doesn't go for a traditional walk. I'm very lucky to have a backyard, and I can, you know, with great difficulty get her to go out on my back deck. Yeah. But she's never been very nice around other dogs either. She's just not a nice dog. I love her. Don't get me wrong. She's my she's my rotten kid, you know. She's but your rotten not kid. Right. She's not, she's not a particularly pleasant dog. Well, and I, I'm I, glad I we adopted just, her. Yeah. I guess you just keep uh, keep loving her and uh, listening yeah. the best you can. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes they just want to be heard. They, they would like us to feel them just kind of sit with them like you did. I think you did great with that. Yeah. Um, and I suspect if you'll go back to that point, and I mean, when you think of her, what's the emotion that comes up for you? Love. Love. Yeah. yeah. Anything Anything else? Yeah. I have to say sometimes uh, frustration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe she's I, picking up on that. Absolutely, and by the way, don't you think she has a level of frustration, perhaps with you or with life or or her body? Or that. yeah, yeah. So y'all are sharing yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, know, I would like to right another now. dog into the house, and I don't know if you know she'll she'll freak out. So yeah, if I were you, I would definitely want to have a conversation with her. Um, oh, yeah. And, and since you haven't um, tr- been trained well enough yet to hear and really understand her clearly. <laughs> Although I know you're receiving impression and information, um, you're not quite at the level where you can really have that, you know, conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get someone to help. I'd be happy to help, of course. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think this is the kind of thing that you need to talk with over with your dog. And Absolutely. her action messages, you know, she's been really clear with her action messages about, you know, being a curmudgeon, I don't like to play, I'm alpha here, mm-hmm. respect me, back off, I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. You know, she's real clear about that. Well, she um, certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> she is. Um, but I'm sure that there's more to the story that, you know, um, I'm sure that I could help with. So. 
Yes, and thank you, Dr. Haney. Oh, you're welcome. Can I ask a question? Uh, Fred, do we have time for another question? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Who's this? Yes. Um, I don't know if you can help me, and I think I've got a long ways to go on this, but I worked at an animal shelter for years, and I have nightmares, and I have compassion fatigue. I have a lot of animals of my own, and I'm trying I, everywhere I see all the bad things that happen to animals, you know, the neglect and the different sad things that happen. Um, and I know I need to probably do your course because I think it would yeah. enlighten me a little bit because I have a lot of guilt of yeah. past animals and of having to deal in a very sad environment. Yeah. I'm not sure where to turn. I'm not sure where to start. Okay. Um, you know, doing my course of working with me would be a great place to start. Um, the nightmares, the fatigue, the guilt, the, you know, seeing all the bad things, um, that's not the whole picture. That's just what you're focusing on, and anything you focus on will grow. Uh, so that would tell me that you have a really uh, deep wound um, in I your do. heart. Yes, you do. Um, so let's get some help for you, you know. Uh, learning, educating yourself, learning how to communicate more clearly. But then also let's get some healing for you because, you know, the truth is you can't help others if you're right. in a bad way yourself. You know, Broken, and if you're, yeah. Yeah, and so when you work with the shelters and, the you know, the animals who have had their own difficult and challenging experiences, if the energy that you bring is fatigue, nightmare, guilt, worry, anxiety, nervousness, you know, that kind of thing, um, then yeah. you're not, not really helping them because no. they have enough of that. What they need, uh, and, and in fact, how an animal, especially a dog, will respond to guilt is they consider it a weak state of mind. That means that you're not a stable, calm, someone they can trust, um, someone who they can tell their story to and they can you know, uh, know that you'll get it. But you're not going to get stuck in the story. You know the mm-hmm. trauma of the uh, or the drama um, that you'll actually give them a way out, and it sounds like you've got stuck in the trauma. Uh, so okay, and I the line. have a yeah. lot of that. So um, and yeah. several that I've read, and I have good relationships, most of them. But yeah, yeah, and there's a lot in the past. So what would okay. be would that help? The, yeah, that that's nice, and and thank you. And how would I get a hold of you? Or I mean, I read your oh. newsletter all the time. I'm on oh, your, thank you. Okay. Well, um, go to my website, www.valhart.com. You can email me at contactval at valhart.com. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, or call me, 210-863-7928. Is there a better time um, to get a hold of you? Um, You know what, I I prefer you to email me that way because my schedule is pretty tight. It's easier for me to respond to emails than it is to call. Um, um, I do have um, uh, a a free 10-minute session that we can talk about um, if you'd like to, just to see, you know, what else I can offer you there. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy to hear from you. Go ahead and email me then, and get back with me later. Let's let's we're going to need to finish up here. Okay, did I you have get what quick, you needed? A quick thought there, yes, Val. It's just kind of my instinct, I guess. The yeah. uh, uh, somebody said the other day, uh, uh, you know, how do you, how do you feel if how do your 
you feel if your your friends feel if they if you cheat them in a game and the answer is they get angry and then then the same person says well how do you think your dog feels if you cheat uh, and the answer is it doesn't care hmm. uh, and um, I, I guess what uh, that thought's kind of making me think here is that um, maybe uh, you need to separate your feelings a little bit into uh, you, you know your your interaction with the animals versus your interaction with people is okay. a, a, a lot of what you're feeling there may be uh, upset and anger with the way people have handled things yeah. uh, but if you had the communication w- with uh, the animals uh, mm-hmm. you probably get a much uh, calmer and more loving kind of response and a lot of understanding I suspect that might be. Well, it's affected my relationship with people, too. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, he's right on it with that. Thank okay. You. All right. Well, thank you. I hope that helped. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, everybody, that our recording was going to be posted on our blogs and podcast shows, so you can listen again later. Uh, we'd be delighted if you told your dog-loving friends about it so they can listen, too. Uh, Thank you, Fred, for sharing your love of dogs with us, and let's give them their contact information also and how to get their copy of your book and maybe your new CD, uh, Dog Appreciation Lessons. Yeah, the CD is uh, clips from my show. It's fun little stories about uh, dog bonding. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the one place to go and find all of these things is the uh, My Doggy Says website, www.mydoggysays.com. Uh, the CD is also available on uh, CD Baby. Uh, you, you can download the CD from my website, but you can down, download individual tracks from uh, CD Baby. Uh, okay. And uh, the book, My Doggy Says, is available in uh, bookstores everywhere and also on uh, Amazon.com and, and on the My Doggy. Well, I hope everybody gets their, co- their, uh, their copy of your book, Fred. I've so enjoyed having you. So we'll look forward to hearing from everybody. Uh, If you all have any comments or feedback, we'd love to hear it. And I think we're done for today. So thanks, everybody, for coming. Thanks, Belle. It was fun. Okay. I thought so, too. I had a great time. Thank you, Fred. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 This is the end of my interview with Dr. Fred Haney. We hope that you better understand your dogs now and that you know how to build a closer relationship with them and that you've learned how to be a better dog listener. We invite your feedback and comments, so please email me at contactval at valheart.com, C-O-N-T-A-C-T-V-A-L at V-A-L-H-E-A-R-T dot com. Now, go do something fun with your dog, and may the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, and heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life.